Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Here we go. Freight Broker Bootcamp, I have a question. I opened an LLC for a dispatch truck, but now I want to be a freight broker. So I need a new LLC. No, you can use the same LLC. You could use the exact same LLC if you chose. Now you're not a carrier, correct? You, you have a dispatch company. You could use the same LLC. You do not need a different LLC. Now what you could do, if the LLC's name is confusing, you could also create a DBA of your LLC. So let's say for example, your LLC was Dennis Inc. Just a hypothetical, right? I could create a DBA off of that LLC to say almost anything, right? So it could be XYZ Freight Brokers, XYZ Logistics, XYZ Trucking, and you can have multiple DBAs off of an LLC. So you do not have to have a different LLC, especially if it's a related business, okay? So no, you do not need to set up another LLC. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a tax professional. Matter of fact, I hate counting the beans. I hate the financial side of it. That's why I outsource it to everybody. But get advice from whoever gives you your financial and tax advice. But that's my t- my two cents on it, okay? Hope that helps. Uh, TBD, do you believe it's a good time to become a freight broker with the economy as it is? Yes, and here's why. For startups, I believe now is a great time. Here's why. And a lot of people are going to argue with me, but this is my two cents. If you look at the last several years prior to the downturn in freight tonnage, what you'll see is you'll see a huge spike in freight and you'll see a huge spike in carriers and brokers joining the industry. This was uh, kind of a heyday of freight. It grew very rapidly. There was kind of record tonnage in a lot of different arenas, but it wasn't the norm, Okay. So what I saw was a lot of people joining the industry that took advantage of that trend, but did not develop the skills or the business acumen or the systems or the processes to run a sustainable and successful business. Now, let me let that sink in. If you can only make money in a business when the market is booming, but when the market turns, you you fail, fall down and go bankrupt. Well, then guess what? You didn't build a business. You didn't build a sustainable business. What you have to understand, what you have to learn as an entrepreneur, I don't care what industry you're in, markets are going to go up, markets are going to go down. Markets are going to go up, markets are going to go down. There's going to be fluctuations. There's going to be recessions. There's going to be good times and bad times. You have to be able to develop your business that it, so it is sustainable and resilient to up markets and down markets. Now, let me explain to you why the Freight Broker Sales Accelerator is so important right now in developing sales skills. Because the skills that it took to get customers a year and a half ago, it was a lot easier to get customers a year and a half ago than it is today. Why? Because with a boom in freight, there's more opportunities. And it's kind of like shooting a fish in a barrel. A new broker or you know, that came into the industry that didn't even have great skills could go out and get their first shipper. But now it's back to normal, right? Everybody thinks that tonnage is way, 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 way down. It's not. It's down from the peak. But if you look at it historically over the last decade, okay, Freight's not tonnage isn't down, right? Freight tonnage isn't down compared to a decade ago significantly. And so what you have to understand is that you need to build your business. If you can make money, you can get customers and you can drive profit during a down economy, right? Down when, when, when freight tonnage is down, 
which I have startups doing that all the time. Okay. They don't buy into the hype of, Hey, don't start a business now. Hey, you know, the, the world is ending right for freight brokerage and trucking. Um, they just take their own path and they go out and they make it happen. If you can make money during the down economy, when it booms, you'll be in a position to flourish. So your business will be resilient. Now, I can't tell you to start a business, all right? I don't even know if you're qualified to start a business, okay? But here's what I'm telling you. I have students who join my Freightbroker Bootcamp course every single day. Some of them become brokers, some of them become agents, and some of them never even get off the ground because for whatever reason, it's just not a priority to them. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you follow my system and you do the work, you will be able to start getting customers. You will be able to start generating profit. Now, are you going to shoot out of a cannon and start making $10,000 a month right away? Probably not. That's not the norm. But if that's your expectation, then I am not your guy. I'm not your mentor. I'm not your going to be your coach. And I'm not the guy you want to listen to. Because even though we have a lot of great success stories that sound like that, that is not the norm. Okay. So I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I thought it was important. So I hope that helped. Larry Sullivan asks, I would like to know how you landed your first sale. Okay. Now my first sale as a freight broker back in 2003, when I launched my freight brokerage was a cold call. I didn't have any shipping customers. I didn't have any carriers. I didn't have any experiences of trucking in the trucking or logistics industry. I started as green as grass. I'm sure you know more right now than I did when I first got started, okay? I made hundreds of cold calls like everybody else. And I got through that early phase of understanding the lingo and getting comfortable and confident. You got to understand, I had been selling for a decade. I had been selling in other businesses that I worked at and or owned since 1992, when I graduated college, I had a sales job. And then we developed better systems for not just cold calling. We started using other tools like email and face-to-face -face and LinkedIn, which became a major tool for us. Thus, the reason why I put together the No Cold Calling for Freight Burgers program, my LinkedIn and social selling program, which is a part now, a bonus of the Freight Broker Sales Accelerator. So, yeah, so that's how I that's how it happened, Larry. Timothy McNeil asks, as an agent who sets the price for the load, the shipper or broker that I'm under, if you become a freight agent under a freight broker, so you have a licensed freight broker, and then as a freight agent, you do not get, need to get licensed, you do not need to get bonded, you're in a contract relationship with that broker where you're commission only, typically getting 50 to 70% of the profit, you will reach out to shippers, start developing rapport, relationships, finding need, and if they like you and they think you can help them, they will ask you to quote on their freight. So they'll say, hey, I've got a van load going from Buffalo to Atlanta. Um, can you give me a quote on that? You as the agent will come up with that rate. Now, the broker is not going to have time to do rates for agents. Okay. Typically as an agent, you are responsible for doing that. So you will need to learn how to generate rates, but don't worry. It's not that complicated. Okay. I promise you it's very simple. If you want to know first what you have to understand in order to understand how to quote something is you have to understand what is my cost basis. So if we're going to run a load from Buffalo to Atlanta, we need to find out how much it's going to cost us for a truck to run from Buffalo to Atlanta. Simple, right? So you go on the load boards, you either post a load, get some rates to have some conversations and negotiate, find the market, kind of find the bottom, right? Not the high, not the low, but kind of find towards the bottom what the cost is going to be. And then you mark it up or you search that lane and go into lane history and you find the bottom, right? You find that rate. You find the market rate of what the spot market is paying a truck for that 
lane on that day. And then you mark it up. You put 100, 200 bucks on it, depending upon the lane. You know, typically brokers make between 10 and 20% of the profit. So if it's $1,000 to the shipper, uh, it's 100 to $200 in profit in the broker's pocket. That's how it works. So I hope that helps, Tim. Cat Moody asks, hi, Dennis. Do you need a different authority to become a 3PL? No. No, a 3PL is just a third-party logistics company. It's another term for a freight broker. Now, some 3PLs provide other ancillary services like warehousing, pick and pack, cross-docking, consulting. But as a freight management company, as a freight brokerage, what you are doing, you are a 3PL company. So there is no separate authority for that. Now, the exception is if you start providing freight forwarding services, which is slightly different than the brokerage. A brokerage never takes possession of the freight. Therefore, they have no liability for taking possession as that freight unless they're negligent. A freight forwarders authority, a freight forwarders have actual cargo insurance because they take possession of that freight. A lot of times um, they'll take possession of that freight itself, whether it be in their warehouse or on their own trucks or whatever the case may be, but there's a little bit different story there. So if you start providing freight forwarding services, then you may have to get uh, a different authority, but a freight forwarding authority and a freight broker authority are similar, but different. So I hope that helps. Ozan, what is the one approach, rule or trick never changed and works every time when connecting to shippers and customers? Wow, that's a tough question, Ozan. Let me think about that for a minute. Okay, so the answer is it doesn't exist. And let me explain why. There's no approach, there's no strategy, there's no script that works 100% of the time. So get that out of your head. But I can give you some strategies that work better that will increase your odds of success. So a couple of strategies that I'm a big believer in and a huge proponent of, and you know this, Ozan, you were a part of my Freight Broker Sales Accelerator. Ozan was a member of that, a live coaching program. I worked with him for five weeks and I love to see he's still in here developing his skills by asking questions and learning. So a couple of things that I'm a big believer in. Number one, gathering sales intelligence. Now, what do I mean by that? It means gathering data, information from the company's website, from Google, from LinkedIn, from other sources that educate you not only about the company and their products and what they got going on, but all, also the actual contact themselves. So if you're talking to the shipping manager of XYZ uh, Manufacturing or widgets, you know a little bit about them. You know how long they've worked there, where they worked previous, where they went to college, um, some groups that they belong to, content that they post or like or engage with. You know, you can gather that information through LinkedIn, a lot of that information through LinkedIn. So educating yourself with sales intelligence is a strategy that always pays some sort of dividend. Now, I can't guarantee you that it's going to convert you into a, a customer every time. As a matter of fact, I know it won't. But here's what I know. If you take salesperson A and salesperson B, salesperson A has a list of companies and phone numbers and he calls up or she calls up and just uses a generic script without gathering any sales intelligence, they're going to get very little results. Let's call that X. Okay. hundred calls. They're going to get X results, very low return on investment. Salesperson B is gathering sales intelligence and then leveraging that sales intelligence during the opening of the conversation and throughout the conversation. Here's my opinion. Okay. A hundred calls. Okay. You're going to get five 
to 10X the results. Now, those results might be quality conversations. They might be quotes. They might be, they're not going to necessarily be convert into customers, right? But my point is, is that the, the impact you are going to have and the quality of the conversation you're going to have with that prospect and your ability to build rapport and develop a real relationship hinges very heavily on gathering sales intelligence and being educated about your industry, about your the company you're prospecting and the prospect themselves, okay? So sales intelligence is one of those, okay? There are others. I think one of the keys in cold calling and in cold outreach, learn how to be different. Stop sounding like every other broker out there. Stop using generic sales scripts as a freight broker or freight agent. Stop using this sales script alone and you'll probably save yourself a whole bunch of grief. Do you know how many times the shipping manager has heard that crap? The problem is it will work occasionally, but it's a low converting strategy. You need to leverage sales intelligence. You need to learn how to create a compelling sales opening, right? You need to understand and learn how to do that. It's really, really important that you learn the process for how to differentiate yourself, right? You have to learn that. You know, these the winning cold outreach formula, formula, you need to learn the key components of that, right? So those are a couple of the strategies. One, gathering sales intelligence. Two, a compelling sales opening, right? Creating that, uh, that opening that gets their attention. See, the first five seconds of a sales call is the most difficult because if you don't get their attention, if they think you sound like everybody else, then you're going to get the results of everybody else. You're going to get pushed away. You're going to get the Heisman. You're going to get hung up on. You're going to get dismissed. You're going to get the typical, hey, we're not interested. We don't use brokers, right? So, but if you are different, and this goes back to this old saying that I heard years ago by Sally Hogshead, different is better than better, okay? Different stands out. Trying to be better at everything is virtually impossible, but being different is not that hard. So Ozan, I hope that helps. I know you've heard this before because this is all part of my Freight Broker Sales Accelerator. These are all parts of the program. Highly recommend you guys get on the wait list. You may get an opportunity to get enrolled if there are spots available, but you have to be on the wait list. Okay. That's all I can tell you. Can't make it any easier for you. But yeah, the Freightburger Sales Accelerator, we go through mindset. We go through how to fill your sales funnel. We go through following up, objection handling, and closing the sale. We go through winning referrals and customer retention strategies. We go through all the technology on how to enhance the sales process. There's so much in here, okay? And the only way you ever will have an opportunity to be a part of that, right, is to get on the wait list. So that's all I can tell you, all right? Okay, here's a question. How do you find your niche? I'm a driver already. Would that be benefit? Would it be benefit to becoming an agent? Yes. If you are a truck driver or you have been a truck driver in the past, that's a huge benefit. Let me explain to you why. Number one, Nobody in the industry knows better what it takes to pick up and deliver a load on time in good condition with no issues. Nobody knows that job better than a driver. Hands down, okay? Kudos to all the drivers. You are the front line. You understand better than anybody, better than me, better than dispatchers, better than virtually anybody in the industry. You understand it better. So you having that hands-on intimate knowledge cannot be replaced. Okay. And it can't be learned without actually doing it. So I think drivers make great agents and brokers if it fits their goals and their skill sets, right? So that's part number one. Yeah, it does benefit. Not only 
um, your experience, but your contacts, right? You have contacts all over the industry. You know, other drivers, you know, people on docks, you know, shippers, you know, you know, all of it, right? So you have those relationships, right? Number three, you already understand the lingo. I mean, you've been living in that industry. You know what an RGN is. Whereas when I first started, I had no clue what the hell an RGN was, right? or an air ride, or pallet exchange, or any of the lingo associated with being a freight broker, freight agent. You already understand most of it. You're a driver, right? You live it day in and day out. So those are just a few reasons why I think drivers make great brokers, great agents. Okay. How do you find your niche? So I'm going to run through this really quick, but there is a training on my YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com forward slash freight brokers, subscribe to the channel, hit the all notification bell. I have hundreds of trainings in there. But if you search inside my channel for how to find your freight broker niche, you'll find an entire training on it. But there are really four components. I'm going to share this with you, right? There's four ways of doing this. Number one, you can develop your niche based on the equipment type. So if you want to focus in on vans or refrigerated or flatbed or car hauling or whatever niche, right? You can base it on equipment. So that's number one. Part two is you can do it based on industry. So you can say, hey, I want to focus on the steel industry or want to focus on the oil and gas industry or the bottled beverage industry or import export or, you know, uh, whatever industry you want, right? Produce industry, whatever industry you want, right? Heavy equipment, whatever. So you can do it by industry. Number three, you can do it by geography. So you can say, hey, I want to focus on freight in the Buffalo, Western New York area, right? That's where I'm from. Or I want to focus on the Boston area or Massachusetts, or I want to focus on, you know, Texas outbound or the Midwest or the Southeast or Georgia, Florida. I mean, geographically, you can define your niche based on geography. I think you get your point. Or number four, which is the best Best option is what I call a hybrid, two or more of those three options. So here's how I started. I'll tell my story again. I've told it a million times. When I started my freight brokerage based out of Buffalo, New York, I decided to focus on Northeast outbound van freight. So if it picked up in New York, PA, New Jersey, all the way up through the Northeast, and it was an it origin there. If it picked up there and it went west or south, that was our niche. But it had to go on a van, van freight only, not reefer, not flatbed, none of that, not heavy haul, none of that. Van northeast outbound. So you see, that's a hybrid. I chose the equipment and then I chose the geography. And then that helped us isolate who our target market was. Number one, the type of freight that goes on vans is basic, is easily understood, right? You know, you're not going to put, you know, a bulldozer in a van. What do you put in van? Bottled beverages, building supplies, uh, retail, all kinds of stuff, right? So there's all kinds of stuff that goes in van. So then we made a list of the different industries and the different companies, and that's who we prospected. So that's how I created my hybrid. But you could create your own hybrid, right? Using those three different categories and then coming up with your own hybrid. So I hope that helps. Okay, so Michael46 says, we're happy with the coverage we have right now. How would you respond to this? Okay, so here's what I want you to understand. This is where most freight brokers and freight agents tuck their tail and run for the hills. They'll simply say, oh, okay, thank you, and they hang up. And it's a wasted opportunity. Because here's what I can tell you. There's absolutely nothing that I can say that's going to work on that objection every time. Nothing. I don't have some magic flute. I don't have some magic guitar that's going to woo them into, you know, into following me and listening or hypnotizing them. I'm not a hypnotist. I can't do that. 
That's not what I do. What you have to do at opportunities like this is you have to dig your heels in and you have to think about how to be different, how you can stand out, okay? Here's one way to stand out. There's hundreds, but there's here's one way. When they say, hey, we're happy with our the coverage we have right now, I'd say, I'd say, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. And then I would stop. They would go, they would say in their mind, they're like, you're happy to hear that I just told you no, right? So automatically their wheels start turning. They're like, what's with this guy? What's with this girl? What's going on here? And then you say something to the effect of, if you knew how many times I've heard that, you'd be shocked. Many of those companies are now great customers of mine. Do you wanna know why they started doing business with me? You ask them a question. You're trying to create an engaging conversation back and forth, right? A two-way conversation. Remember, the intro is the hardest. The first five to 10 seconds are the hardest. So we need to get through that. We need to buy another minute or two or three so that we can make a good first impression, right? So then at that point, when they say, no, why? Why do they do business with you? Now that's your opportunity. They just teed it up, right? All you gotta do is grab the bat and swing. Now, I can't promise you're going to hit a home run. I can't even promise you're going to hit the damn ball. I don't know how good of a ball player you are, okay? But here's what I can tell you. This is an opportunity, right? This is part of the entire reason why I put together the freight broker sales accelerator, guys, because this is where people struggle. This is where people struggle. They don't understand, number one, the mindset, number two, the tactics and strategies, but most importantly, they don't have a system. They don't have a winning system. Having a one-off script or a one-off strategy will get you a little bit of success sometimes, but you have to have a system. If this, then that, that's a system. But if it goes the other direction, then it's this option, right? So you have to understand a winning system. That's what I teach in my Freight Burger Sales Accelerator, okay? I'm not trying to beat you over the head with it, but I can tell you that almost all of these questions would be answered in the Freight Broker Sales Accelerator if it's sales related, right? I'm not talking about things that aren't sales related. That's part of my boot camp, right? If you're looking for the startup program, how to become a broker, how to become an agent, how to get started, how to get launched, how to start getting your first few customers and get cash flow positive. Yeah, that's the Freight Burger Bootcamp startup program. But if you really need help and you're looking to ramp up your sales and you're looking to get highly profitable shippers predictably, in any market, up markets or down markets, that's what the Freight Broker Sales Accelerator is designed to do. So I hope that helps. Here's some feedback from auto, Automotive Recruiting. Market is balancing out and smart ones will survive and then thrive. Take care of your truckers and your clients and you'll be a pro they want to use. I agree. Just so you guys know, tonnage in May, the May number for freight tonnage is, is flattened out. It's not declining, it's flattened out. So there's always going to be a bottom. But when you when you listen to news, online news, whether it be a video or whether it be an article, it's always headline driven, right? But if you dive down into that, a lot of times the facts tell a different story, right? But doom and gloom sells, right? That's what the media does. So they're trying to, I don't know, they, they have a tendency to screw with people's minds because people don't actually dive into the facts. But the fact is tonnage is level for May. Okay. So that's good news. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, John Paul Trucking, is it better to have an asset-based brokerage or not? I never had an asset-based brokerage, so I may be biased. Some people believe they need an asset-based brokerage in order to build a successful business. I didn't. Most of my students, I would tell you, most of the success stories that you hear from my students, they do not have assets. They do not have assets. Now, if you choose to do that, that's great. But 
any shipper with any level of experience understands that if you're a broker who has three trucks, okay, the probability of you using them, you using your trucks on their freight and not brokering it out is very small. So they're going to want to know if you, here's the thing about having to be an asset based. If you sell assets and then you try to do the bait and switch on the back end to freight brokerage, it doesn't lend well to your credibility. So while on the outside as an agent or maybe even as a broker looking at it, you might think that that's the secret bullet, the magic bullet. It's not. It's absolutely not the magic bullet. What would be more important is you understand how to differentiate yourself from the competition, how to sound different, how to act different, how to use a winning sales system, right? That's what will make a difference. Developing your sales skills not trying to just think of it as asset-based or non-asset-based, okay? So I hope that helps. So by the way, some of the largest brokerages in the world are not asset-based. How do you think they got that way? All right, Connor asks, when is it a good time to hire dispatchers, operation agents, and how to pay them? Okay, well, there's two models for paying people that work for you. One model is a W-2 employee model. That's where you pay them a salary or maybe a salary and some commission. They're an actual employee. They work for you as an employee, a W-2 employee. Okay, now this is, I'm speaking in the United States. I know you're in another country. So I'm, I have to, I don't have any clue how it works in Armenia. Okay, uh, and I don't want to pretend to. So if you're going to hire an employee, then um, it's a little different than hiring an agent. An agent is an independent contractor that works on 1099. So they work on commission only, Okay. So there's a variety of different ways, you know, most employees are paid an hourly or salary wage plus some sort of incentives, right? Small incentives that they could gain additional commissions or incentives for, for hitting certain benchmarks. Uh, as a 1099 agent, you're going to pay them if they are a broker agent, which means they're getting their own shippers, moving their own loads, and they're doing the whole back end as far as the, you know, the, the front end, as far as interfacing with customers and shippers and dispatching and following up and doing all that. And those agents are typically what I call a broker agent. They're going to get 50 to 70% of the commission. Now, if that person is only doing operations or they're only doing sales, then typically they get half of that 50 to 70%. That's This is kind of a general rule. There's exceptions, but that's a general rule. So if someone's only doing operations, then they might get 50% of that commission. So if they're normally getting 50%, they might get 25%. If they're in this, just doing the sales side and they're not doing the operations, so they're a freight sales agent on straight commission, then they might get 25% of that if the going rate is 50, right? So yeah, that's, I hope that helps. That's a little bit of a guideline for you. Not a hard and fast rule, but a decent guideline. Okay, thank you for the response. Speaking of load boards, when quoting sales, which load boards and TMS do you prefer? Okay, so- if you, uh, there's lots of load boards out there, okay? I prefer the largest load, load boards that have been around the longest. Truck Stop, the DAT, Trucker Path, one, two, three load boards, Direct Freight. Those are all five great load boards. You can't go wrong with them. Now, you there are niche load boards that are very specific to a type of equipment or niche, right? There are load boards geared towards um, drayage. There are load boards geared towards car hauling. There are load boards geared towards all kinds of different stuff, right? But those four big ones that I share with you are probably the ones that I recommend the most. As far as TMS for startups, I highly recommend Ascend TMS. 
Now, I've known Tim Hyam for a long time. Great guy, super smart, was a broker, built his own TMS and then launched it. Now he's probably one of the largest TMS providers out there. We have a partnership with them. You can go to freightburgerbootcamp.com forward slash TMS. And if you go through the number one, you can sign up without a credit card for the trial. You don't need to put your credit card in, okay? Which is great. Number two, if you sign up through that link, they're going to give you a free shipper database. Not me. They're going to give you a free shipper database. All you have to do when you go through there to sign up for a free trial, click the link, let's watch the information. But in the coupon code, when you sign up for the trial, type in FBBC, okay? FBBC, like Freightburger Bootcamp, right? Uh, and then you won't have to put the credit card in and you'll get that free offer, right? So yeah, and, and so that would be the best way to do it. There are tons of TMSs out there. For startups, this is the one I recommend. Very cost-effective, lots of innovations, great tools. I think overall, just a very sound, good system. So I hope that helps. Thomas Registry, it's a free site. That's probably the best free resource. If you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash freight brokers, and then you search for shipper leads, I think I did an entire video training on like 10 resources for finding shipper leads. So you can go in there and you can check that out. I think there's a lot of resources in there. So that might help. But if you need help and you want help on how to find shippers and you're looking for help in a system that when that will work in up markets and in down markets, right? Like we are now where freight tonnage is down and kind of leveling out, get on the wait list. That's all I can tell you, okay? Get on the wait list. Rahan Jamil asks, how much percentage improvement chances are there if we take Freightbroker Sales Accelerator? That's impossible for me to know. All I can give you is the feedback from the people that took the course. That's all I can give you. I can't compare the people that take the course versus don't take the course because I don't, it's impossible for you to gather that data, right? I, I can't gather that data. I'm not hiding it. I'm not scared of it. It's just like, I don't have that data. It's impossible to get. So I can only give you the feedback from the students. Every student that goes through the program, over 500 students have went through the program. Okay. Many of them have went on to build six and seven figure businesses. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you is this, every student gets an exit survey. After they go through the entire program, they get a survey. They get a question. One of the questions in the survey is how likely are you to recommend Freightbroker Sales Accelerator to a friend? One, to 10. They can pick anything from one to 10. Now, I would have been happy with a seven. I would have been ecstatic with an eight. But the average rating out of over 500 students that went through this program is a 9.2 out of 10. So you tell me what that means. Does that guarantee you success? Absolutely not. Does it increase your odds significantly having a winning sales system? 100%. But I can't promise you anything. That's not my job. I'd be lying to you. I'd be lying to myself. I wouldn't do it, right? It's not worth it. I don't need your money. So all I can tell you is we offer a 14-day, 100% money-back guarantee. So you can literally join the coaching program, be a part of it for two weeks, and then say, Dennis, this sucks. I don't want it. And we'll refund your money. That's how confident I am, okay? That you are going to enjoy the program and see great value out of it, right? So I hope that helps. May not be the answer you're looking for, but it's my honest answer. Uh, here's a question. Uh, how much insurance coverage do I need? As a freight broker, you need zero insurance. You are not required to have any insurance, cargo, general liability, auto, or otherwise. It's not a requirement, okay, in order to be a freight broker. Now, you can choose to have that coverage if you want, but it's not required. Some shippers will require the coverage. Many do not. Matter of fact, most do not require the coverage. Some do. Most don't, okay? If you go after large companies, Coca-Cola, US Steel, you know, Unilever, big companies, 
yeah, they're going to probably require you to have general liability insurance, typically a million in general liability insurance, which is really inexpensive, uh, and probably contingent cargo, which is also pretty, pretty inexpensive if you choose. But those are optional coverages, okay? So I hope that helps. Ooh, good question, Leonard. Should you hire family to work with you? Well, the fact that you're asking this question, you understand that it's filled with landmines, okay? Because you hear all kinds of stories about a hiring family and it being a disaster. And then you hear other stories where it's a huge success. So I don't think I can say yes or no to should you hire, but here's what I think you should understand. If you choose to hire your family, you want to make sure that you set the correct expectations up front. Now we're family when we're at home. We're family when we're in the pool. We're family when we're at an event. But when we're working, yes, you're still my brother, cousin, whoever, mom, whoever, but you have to understand that this is a job. This is a business. So there is a difference. So set good expectations in to how the relationship should be managed and your expectations in regards to the job. You don't want them. They don't want you to take advantage of them, but you don't want them to take advantage of you. And those are some of the stories that you hear. Um, I hired my brother years ago, not in my freight brokerage, but in another company I had. And it was difficult. I love my brother. Okay. I've looked up to my brother since I was little. He was my older brother, three years older than me. I hired him. He's a hard worker, but we are different. We have some differences and we've got some history there. So maybe I didn't do some of the right things. Maybe he didn't do some of the right things, but ultimately it was probably not the best decision for me at that time. Now, now if we did it now, I think it'd be fine. We're more mature and I would make sure that I set the correct expectations or I would never let him come on board, right? So that's just giving you an example personally, right? But I can't answer that for you, but be cautious, be cautious. I think your question is legit. Uh, what are some industries that keep trucking on the road? Well, there's tons of industries, right? I mean, you got you have oil and gas industry, okay? You've got building supplies and contracting, right? You got things involved in building trades, right? All the building supplies. You've got um, food, agriculture. You've got heavy equipment, consumables, right? Like retail, things like bottled beverages and food. Everything you see at Target, everything you see at Walmart, Import, export, not an industry as much as a niche, right? We import, we have a huge trade deficit with China because we import more than we export. So imports from those countries are big. So you could look there. Um, there's a lot of industries, right? There's a lot of different industries out there, but those are a few. A pharmaceutical industry is a big industry, all right? So I hope that helps. Those are a few. Okay. What is the difference between a dispatcher versus a freight broker? So a freight broker is licensed by the FMCSA, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, to broker freight, which means they are an intermediary between shippers and carriers. And they are allowed to make a margin, a profit margin, okay, as a part of that process. They're licensed by the FMCSA. And they represent shippers and they have partnerships with carriers that allow them to move the freight. They don't actually take possession of the freight. They're not a carrier, okay? Dispatchers are represent carriers. So they have a contractor relationship with a carrier or multiple carriers, 
And what they do, they're not licensed by the FMCSA. Uh, as a dispatcher, your job is to find carriers loads. And those loads typically come from load boards. So you're, the dispatcher is typically contacting brokers for those loads. Okay, so you need to understand. So there is a difference. That's the primary difference. Those are a couple of the primary differences. Now, the reason why I don't promote dispatch is because it's kind of a gray area, right? There are people that are doing it wrong. You know, they're not, um, you know, there, there's some rules and guidelines for dispatchers that aren't always held true, okay? And I'm not gonna dive into all those. The FMCSA has put out their comments on that and I'm not here for that. But what I think is the freight brokerage industry is a much larger opportunity. Here's why. Because you control the shipper direct, okay? And so, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest difference between brokers and dispatchers. I don't teach dispatch. I teach how to become a freight broker or a freight agent. That's what I teach. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. I really appreciate you guys being here. I hope you got some value out of this today. Wherever you're at, make sure you click the like button right now. Your price of admission today for this free training was to hit the like button and then share it. I don't care what platform you're on. I don't care if you share it on Instagram. I don't care if you share it on Twitter. I don't care if you share it on Facebook or wherever you share it. Hit the like button and share the stream. Let other people know about these free trainings that I do every Monday at noon. Um, again, if you guys would like me to become your freight broker sales coach, like I've been telling you for months now, since the last cohort, since I opened enrollment for the last freight broker sales accelerator, get on the wait list. Okay. If you get on the wait list, you have an opportunity. The only way you can get access and get a chance to learn what it's all about and a chance to enroll where I can coach you in this program is to go to freightbrokerbootcamp.com forward slash wait list. Okay. If you do that, then you have an opportunity. I can't promise you that you're going to be able to get enrolled because again, we've had people on this wait list. So it's a first come first serve basis, right? So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I truly appreciate you guys being here. Again, if you're curious about becoming a freight broker or a freight agent, right? I've trained over 10,000 students. Check out freightbrokerbootcamp.com. Been doing this for over a decade. I've personally done over $200 million as a freight broker and Unlike anybody else in the industry, we offer a 60-day, 100% unconditional money-back guarantee on Freightbreaker Bootcamp. Check it out at freightbreakerbootcamp.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.